Change of plans. Still going to talk about question number two. This is an example of they're, they're responding to situations in projects as and when they change. Uh, I think uh, uh, what we realized we, we didn't necessarily, uh, or Dana reminded me we didn't necessarily uh, talk about the public responses in Denmark and in Romania. And I think it's, uh, I mean, they're obviously two very different things. I think in terms of Denmark, as a, a Denmark, Denmark has a, um, it's a tradition called Culture Night, uh, which is on the 12th of October. Well, it was the 12th of October this year. I think it's like the second Friday or something like that in October. And uh, it, it's, I mean, many European cities have a similar thing, but it's basically um, a night where you get one ticket and then you go around, a mu- you can go around a multitude of different venues or around the city and they put on a specific programs just for that night and our presentation of trigger warning was part of the culture night event at camp but as Dana mentioned camp is situated kind of off the strict maybe center of Copenhagen and inside a refugee um, community center uh, and camp the, the refugee the, the community center is called trampoline house and camp is this small gallery inside trampoline house and it's very it's a it's a very specific context for them to exist in, obviously, because um, there is this kind of enclosed space, uh, gallery space, uh, and all within the house, and then all around it are you know classrooms and open spaces and kind of living room type spaces. And when trampoline house is open, that's also when camp is open. Uh, it's a place where people who are currently going through the asylum process, uh, who have experience, who are experiencing. Um, uh, going through that legal uh, process in in Denmark, where they can come for, you know, for classes, for lessons, for um, various different kinds of community groups, but mostly, uh, as we were told, just an opportunity to not be uh, in a refugee camp and to also start creating relationships outside of the refugee centers in the city. Um, and so inside of that, it's a very lively place, and the best thing about it is that uh, the people who use it um, really own it. You know, it's not one of these spaces where you have volunteers and they kind of, or people who work there and they all, um, they orchestrate the life of trampoline house. No, it's quite the reverse. Uh, and so that really clashes with this idea of a white gallery space, and I think camp is really not a traditional white gallery space in that in, in the way it functions, even though it's obviously like that, that's kind of how it looks like. Though when we were there, it had red, red walls. So anyway, that's the context. That was the context for our presentation. It was uh, the, the one of the busiest culture nights, and from uh, camp had a whole uh, program. So there was a uh, an exhibition happening uh, called Decolonizing Appearance. Okay. Uh, while we were there and so there was the exhibition itself but then there were two separate talks which were in multiple languages at the same time with simultaneous translation and they were about representation of migrants and refugees and engagement more generally with refugee uh, art and narratives but also partly migrant and then within that as part of it we presented our our draft and we really were very careful to contextualize it as a draft because we we had a total of five days uh, in which to make it in very short time with participants um, of a game and I think it's really interesting it's a really interesting space because you know because of the nature of the space there are a lot of people with refugee backgrounds who are currently going with the process but then the Danes who are there are very much um, kind of already politically on your side you know and, and I think you know people who think about uh, their country's 
policy towards immigrants and refugees and asylum seekers and discrimination that is faced. And I think one of the most interesting things that um, came out of the process of that presentation for us of the project was that there is no such thing as preaching to the converted, really, because even within that very specific demographic, um, a lo- a l- there, there were you know Danish audiences who were a bit startled and a bit taken aback by, by what was being presented to them, because actually the immigrants that they were talking uh, to, the immigrants who came up with this game that they called, or that we called How to Uhyge, which is the opposite of Hyge, with an alien, uh, they didn't want to talk necessarily about legal predicaments that you might have, but they wanted to talk about the fact that when you're in Denmark, the Danish flag is everywhere, and no one questions it as a mode of expressing nationalism um, or exclusion of people who are not born Danish. Uh, there is this kind of national opinion that is just good old-fashioned, good-hearted patriotism. And so that was, for example, one of the topics that people wanted to talk about, or the lack of empathy they experienced in stark contrast with social and welfare services, which instead of kind of, which offer a lot of protection, um, but they wanted to talk about how that social uh, protection that you have never really translates into personal relationships and so on and so forth. So actually, a lot of what they wanted to talk about was cultural. Um, and I think for a lot of, uh, for some of the audiences, that was a bit surprising that you could, like, that, that there is more to being an immigrant somewhere than just the legal routes um, that you take and that those cultural pro- problems also exist. Um, and then in terms of Romania, I think what, uh, I'm trying to keep it shorter, but I think what was really interesting for me as a complete outsider, because Dan obviously wasn't a complete outsider, is discovering this a very, like relatively small, but very well-formed um, circle of people working in alternative and radical and experimental forms um, who, are, uh, who are part of the audiences of art, who were our hosts uh, and transit, who um, were the venue where we showed our work. Um, and I think what became apparent to me is um, this ex- very specific experience that Dana talked about, about not belonging home when you come back. And again, as an outsider, to me, that kind of potentially clashed with idea that was expressed by some of the people in the audience of not having been an immigrant, but also not belonging. Uh, or uh, this idea of how we deal with self-criticism in, you know, in Romania, in Serbia, I can, I I could imagine a lot of those conversations happening where I'm from as well. Um, And we had a lot of conversations, we had a discussion afterwards with the audiences and a kind of self-guided one. And I think there were a lot of conversations about who's, who has agency and who's allowed, who allows themselves to criticize what society where. And I think um, in terms of public perception and reception, what was interesting is that when people played the game, they really they recognized it was quite obvious from the reactions that they recognized all the tropes. But much like in Denmark, maybe they didn't see themselves as people who are um, creating those tropes or those experiences for, peop- for people who return. And then also much the, the shared experience that like you could be a returning immigrant and share the experience of not quite fitting in with someone who didn't, who never decided to leave uh, Romania. And then I think what we really didn't expect was that both of these locations would have this really great connect. 
um, which was the fact that all participants, so all nine participants in both countries, um, felt completely isolated, both from their own society in Romania and then from um, the the newcomer society in in Denmark. And then really what brought them together was that everyone wanted to speak to people. Everyone wanted to create a game that would allow this sort of communication between them. In Romania specifically, they asked us um, if they could start this network with people who have um, lived abroad as well so that they could continue these exchanges. Um, and I think there was a lot of negotiation in um, these women's day-to-day realities in Romania, uh, particularly those who were working full-time, um, of what it's like to be perceived as a, as a Westerner now in Romania, um, who's come back and who clearly thinks that they're better than everyone else. Um, and then in, in Denmark, it was almost the opposite, um, the fact that you weren't quite given the full opportunity to be a real person um, in Copenhagen, at least, um, there was a lot of uh, cosmeticizing of your identity in mm-hmm. order to fit in, um, in order to please other people. Um, and so we uh, organically started thinking about connecting these two these two networks because there's there's just something in in feeling like an like an alien wherever wherever you are. Mm. And another thing that I think um, we should mention, so as Nana said, when we went to well both places really, both Copenhagen and. Um, in Bucharest, we kind of reached out to people doing similar things, um, artists who work around issues of migration, uh, and then uh, organizations, venues, galleries, and so on, who may have had a history and interest in this topic. And generally what would happen is before we went over, we got in touch, you know, as you do an email, via email, and then we arranged to meet um, people. Uh, but then one of the companies, I guess, that we um, we reached out to um, in Copenhagen was Hamida Design Studio, um, and they, it, it's a, a, a design studio, as the name says, uh, led by two uh, sisters from Turkey who had been living in Copenhagen at the time. And while they had this kind of commercial branch, really design branch of their work, the way we... Um, bumped into their work is uh, why their I Feel From project, project um, that was basically in kind of very simple terms I guess if you if you want to talk about how it manifested itself one of the things was that they would make bags and t-shirts that said I feel from uh, Copenhagen or I feel from wherever as opposed to I am from I come from and, and it was kind of a, a response to the question that immigrants get asked all the time. And, and they would run these workshops in which they ask people to come in and interrogate what these um, stereotypes, again, and identities mean to people. And, and they, I think they hadn't really intended it to turn into a social, a social project in that sense, um, but it had, and they started running the session um, in different locations as well and got completely different um, replies. And yeah, yeah. So. And so, so no, sorry, just uh, breathing. And so, basically, what happened is we we sent them this email. We said, "Can you can we meet up?" And they said, "Actually, do you mind sending us the questions that you would ask us via email?" And we did. And I'll be completely honest with you; it kind of slipped through the net. I think it's fair to say because it was quite close to the date, and then of us traveling to Copenhagen, we never heard from them, and we maybe presumed that they got swamped in work and so on. And then after we'd come back, um, we got an email from them and as it turned out while we were in Copenhagen making work about what it's like to be an immigrant they were actually back in Turkey and they did send us the replies to the questions and so we thought um, and they actually they still have a studio they told us in Denmark 
uh, in Copenhagen. So what they did is they answered our questions and then they printed out the document and put it as a kind of a version of their physical presence instead of their physical presence. On the shop window. On the shop window. Uh, so what we'll do... Uh, so we wanted to share it with you. We thought that this was um, a token, really, of what of what we thought um, society was like for immigrants mm. in Copenhagen. In many ways, particularly because this happened after we came back, it felt like this was literally um, the cherry on the cake of what of of, of just, that just um, essentializes all this experience that we've been trying to decipher through our participants. And then this interview came with these two incredibly successful women, um, incredible designers who had had a studio for a few, I can't remember how many years, but they had been in Denmark for at least 10 years or so. And they had come um, with their mother as well. So the studio was, was inspired by their mother. Their mother had deceased, meanwhile. Um, and they were incredibly important in a commercial way as well, which was um, quite relevant for this as well, um, when we're talking about immigrants and this idea that pre of precarity and how immigrants are perceived. These were incredible designers who were working with international companies from all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, and then they were they were deported. So um, it's very important for us to share this, um, this interview. We have obviously asked them if they're okay with it. Um, and they, they agreed to it, and we kind of think that this really encompasses our experience of Denmark. 